Hello and welcome to Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. I am your host, Kim Smith, and we're on episode 155, Biblical Lament, Singing the Blues Heavenward. Some of you know that I record just outside of New Orleans, Louisiana. And although New Orleans is definitely the heart of jazz music, blues music is very much a part of the culture here. We have the House of Blues as one of our favorite tourist stops. And throughout the last century or so, New Orleans and blues music have become synonymous. Never really thought about the whole concept of singing the blues until I was preparing this week's podcast. So, the blues. It is a genre of music. It's a culture. Uh, It's a culture all of its own. But the entire idea that sparked the phenomenon that will continue probably until the rapture is the cry of the heart. The blues... We all experience the blues. We all experience those seasons of life where it's as if we don't see beyond the darkness. For some, because of life circumstances, either ones they've created or ones that have been brought about by the choices of others. They live in longer seasons of darkness around them than do others. I've been, uh, as part of my job, and some of you know I work in the hospice industry, I've been going through 16 hours (laughs) of continuing education over these last few days. And there was a concept that I'll be honest with you, even being a bereavement counselor all these years, the idea of chronic sorrow, I've never heard of it, never thought about it. And it caused me to think about those those people who experience, let's say, a physical issue where they're in a car crash and they lose mobility. They are not able to use their arms and legs. And that is going to be their lot in life, barring God doing a physical miracle. And just the losses that they experience on a daily basis because of things that they used to be able to do but can't do now. But as we all know, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of loss, we do have a choice. And the Bible does say to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. 
But the Bible also challenges us to be honest. And sometimes that's a challenging balance. Sometimes we want to focus so much on, I need to have the joy of the Lord, that sometimes we don't allow ourselves to be honest, even with God, regarding the depth of the sorrow in our heart. One of the verses that reminds us to do just that is Psalm 62, 8. It's, oh, my people, trust in him, being God. Trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. And we've talked on this podcast before. It's been quite a while, though. We've talked on this podcast before about the importance of pouring out our hearts to God. I don't know when you're going to hear this podcast, but I'm going to tell you when I'm recording it. I'm recording it near the end of February 2022. And the most important news on the horizon, the one that is at the top of every news feed worldwide, is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. You can't go anywhere without hearing about it, seeing news about it, and rightfully so. It is an atrocity. No doubt about that. Before I turned on this podcast to record, I was listening to a Ukrainian family singing in their native language the hymn, He Will Hold Me Fast. He Will Hold Me Fast. The believers in Ukraine, so many of them have been crossing my multiple social media feeds over the last few days, singing and praising God when they knew that war was just outside their borders. But in the midst of the pressing darkness, they were singing to the only rock that does not move, the only shelter in the storm, the only true shelter in the storm, They were trusting that whether God delivers them in this life or not, that he will deliver them to the life to come. And as we look this week about biblical lament, no matter what season you are in, I want to remind you that you may be in the most joyful season and even happy season of your life. Maybe you just got married. Maybe you just became a grandmother. Maybe you just got a new job, the one that you've been dreaming about, or maybe you started a new business. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. 
But I want to remind you, as I've reminded myself this very week, that in the midst of our happy times, there are still others around us who are in the darkness. And so as we work through this week's text and as we take a little detour sparked by the text, I'm just asking God to lead. I'm asking God to lead as he did my quiet time a couple of mornings ago. Whereas I was praying and praying for the people of Ukraine, God just took off and God poured a lament through my heart back to himself. And as I sit here with tears in my eyes at this very moment, no matter where you are in life, you may be in the midst of your own darkness or you may be in the midst of great happiness. There are others around you who need to understand the concept of a biblical lament. I am no expert on lamenting. I am no expert on the blues. But one thing that seems very evident to me, especially as you read the multiple laments in the Psalms, which are songs, that's what the book of Psalms were meant to be. Either they were individual or they were for the community to sing. And today, the song that David has written that we're going to talk about in 2 Samuel 1, it was one that he wrote from his own heart, but it was written to be sung by the people of Judah. But there's always a reason for us to pray through the Psalms of Lament that even in the midst of our brightest days, we have the opportunity to pray for others. And as so many have on their social media feeds at the moment, pray for Ukraine. I just, I wonder what they're praying. I wonder. I hope it's just not their social media just spreading the word. But that can be our tendency. But one of the ways that we can pray for Ukraine or you can pray for your family member who's going through a tough time or you can pray for yourself is to pray the Psalms. And with the majority of the laments, they are broken up into segments. The one we're going to see today by David, the future king of Israel, is one that we truly really see just the blues part. We see the lament in itself, but you also see the undercurrent that he's aware that God is listening. But in many of the Psalms of Lament, what you will see is, yes, you will see either whether it was David or whether it was another of the psalmists pouring out their heart 
about midway through it, they ask God for something or they switch immediately to what they know God is going to do, even in the midst of their sorrow. And that, to me, is biblical lament. Just as the Bible says that we we do not need to grieve as those who do not have hope, it doesn't say we do not need to grieve. But we do not need to grieve as those who have no hope. We do not need to lament as those who do not have any hope. When I was going through an especially dark time in my life, there was a song by Mandisa. It's called A Broken Hallelujah. And that's what lamenting reminds me of. I literally had the words up in my bathroom, framed in my bathroom for me to be reminded of. That in the midst of what seemed like a dark time that might never lift, I could still sing to God, even if it was in a lower key, so to speak. So let's hop into 2 Samuel 1, 17 through 27. And our focal verses are 17 through 18, but we're going to look at the, the entire section. We're not going to, you know, dive into it deep, as I have told you all so many times, this podcast is not meant to be an in-depth Bible study for you. You need to be doing in-depth Bible study on your own. What this podcast is primarily meant to do is to encourage you in your walk with Christ. And part of that is to encourage you to dig into God's word. I've been walking through the Old Testament now for the entirety of the podcast and will be for as long as God leads me to. And I truly love teaching through the Old Testament. It it makes my day. But whether you're walking through the Old Testament in your Bible study, whether you're walking through the New Testament, or you are doing some sort of version of pieces and parts and some sort of topical study, you need to be deep diving into God's Word. In the show notes for today, I have placed more resources than I normally do in the section that says additional resources. There are people who have written about lamenting. They've written about specific Psalms. And and so there's so much there for you to go and take and use as fuel to help you to write your own lament, which is that is our our weekly assignment, is for you to write your own lament, whether it be from your own perspective or written on behalf of someone else. Just give it a try. Look at the Psalms. Look at the Psalms that are listed. Let me go down. So there are, again, there are multiple references down there, but there's one in particular. It says Psalms of Lament, Individual and Communal, and it's by Ken Boa. And he lists a lot of different psalms. We're going to read through and pray through Psalm 142 here in a little bit and part of Psalm 44. But that gives you some other um, other options. Um, what I did not realize was how much of the 150 psalms are lament. I had no idea. And it 
changed my perspective of the entire book, to be real honest. There's another reference down below, and it is for Praying the Bible. It is by Donald S. Whitney. And I just read it in as part of a series that my church was doing. We were supposed to read a book on prayer, and I picked two different ones. The other one was Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson. And Praying the Bible, the main part of it, was about praying the Psalms. And he gives some great, great tips as to praying the Psalms. And part of that is praying the Psalms of lament. I'm just trusting that as God has used this study this week to change me forever, that God will use it to change you, to change your perspective on the Psalms of lament, to change your mind when it comes to the freedom we have to truly sing the blues to our heavenly father. The privilege we have who for each of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ as our savior and Lord to have the Holy Spirit inside of us, to intercede on our behalf with groanings only he can utter about needs only he can know. The opportunity we have to cast all our anxieties on God because he cares for us. But so many times we just try to put on a happy face even when it comes to God. And God knows the deep, deep darkness. And God wants you to pour that out to him so that he can heal your broken heart and bind up your wounds. He can go into action on your behalf. The Lord fights for you. Just be still. As long as we hold back, he holds back. So how about we begin to pray from our boat, broken hallelujahs and see what God will do. We talked for the last couple of weeks about the deaths of King Saul and Jonathan and two of Saul's other sons. And we talked about the pain that David experienced when he found out. Now, sometimes this gets a little confusing for people because they're thinking, Okay, King Saul has been chasing David for about 10 years and David has been hiding and has literally been into enemy territory. Like Saul made his life miserable. But David still had respect for the office, had respect that King Saul had been God's chosen first king of Israel. And David loved Jonathan as he loved himself. And so we've seen how torn up David is by the news that Saul, Jonathan, and two more of Saul's sons were killed in battle. And even though David knows that this has opened the doors for God's promise to be fulfilled in him, that he will be the next king of Israel, He's not thinking in those terms at the moment. He's thinking in terms of, oh dear God, what just happened? They're gone. 
and he pours out his heart in a funeral song. So 2 Samuel 1, starting with 17, then David composed a funeral song for Saul and Jonathan, and he commanded that it be taught to the people of Judah. It is known as the Song of the Bow, and it is recorded in the book of Jashar, which the book of Jashar was like a history book for them. And so David poured out his heart and poured out his pain, but he also was pouring it out on behalf of Israel because Israel's king had fallen. And Israel's more than likely, in human terms, second in command had fallen, being Jonathan. And even though, as I mentioned earlier, we don't specifically see him turn this particular lament into a lament directly to God, I think we see a little nod that he was very much aware that when he is speaking from his heart that he is trusting that God is going to fulfill his purpose and answer David's prayers. Verse 19, your pride and joy, O Israel, lies dead on the hills. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen. Don't announce the news in Gath. Don't proclaim it in the streets of Ashkelon, or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice and the pagans will laugh in triumph. David already knew that the Philistines were going to be dancing around. We've killed King, you know, King Saul. Like they were going to be making light of it. They were going to be shouting for victory. And he's just reminding the people of Israel that they do not need to rejoice in this in any way, shape, or form, that they need to mourn for the loss of Saul, Jonathan, and the others. O mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you, nor fruitful fields producing offerings of grain. That's where they were killed, and that was the reason for that. And this is where I think that you can see just a little bit of element of prayer because David knows that he can't make it so no dew or rain can be upon them or nor fruitful fields. But he does know that God could choose to leave those barren as a memorial to the fallen warriors. For there is the shield for there the shield of the mighty heroes has was defiled. The shield of Saul will no longer be anointed with oil. The bow of Jonathan was powerful. The sword of Saul did its mighty work. They shed the blood of their enemies and pierced the bodies of mighty heroes. How beloved and gracious were Saul and Jonathan. They were together in life and death and in death. They were swifter than eagles, stronger than lions. O women of Israel, weep for Saul, for he dressed you in luxurious scarlet clothing, in garments decorated with gold. Even though Saul made some really bad choices, primarily wasting time and energy on chasing David, who really wasn't the enemy, but Saul did win multiple victories for Israel, and it was a strong time, minus this latest battle for sure, for the people of Israel. And David just wants to remind them he could so easily focus on the insanity uh, that was King Saul, but instead he wants to focus himself and he wants to focus the people of Israel on what they have lost. And 25, he talks about Jonathan. 
Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies dead on the hills. How I weep for you, my brother Jonathan. Oh, how much I loved you. And your love for me was deep, deeper than the love of women. So that phrase, boy, oh boy, have people tried to take that and make something out of it that it is not. This is not a reference to a homosexual relationship between David and Jonathan. It just isn't. I want to remind you of the love that Jonathan had for David. 1 Samuel 18, 1 through 4 says, After David was finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an incredible bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. They were brothers. They literally were brothers-in-law at one point because David had married Jonathan's sister, Michael. But they were brothers. They were incredibly tight. And he's just pouring out his heart. He's pouring out his heart in front of the people of Judah because that's who he wants to have sing this song. But it's a reminder that we need to mourn losses. We do not need to sugarcoat them and just say, oh, they're in heaven and they're in such such a better place. Hallelujah that they're in heaven. But that does not mean that our hearts are not broken here on earth. And that we are not going to miss them horribly. And we see David giving a great example here of pouring out his heart. And in verse 27, Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen. Stripped of their weapons, they lie dead. And as I read this, and I was thinking about, God, how do you want me to teach through this? I realized how little I knew about biblical lament and so I went on search and I've read a lot of different articles I've watched some videos on it and I've got those references down below but I want us to kind of just take a moment and work our way through just a couple of passages Psalm 44 23 through 26 it says Wake up, O Lord. Why do you sleep? Get up. Do not reject us forever. Why do you look the other way? Why do you ignore our suffering and oppression? We collapse in the dust, lying face down in the dirt. Rise up. Help us. Ransom us because of your unfailing love. What do you see there? That is pouring out. And that is not, I'm going to dot every I and cross every T. I think sometimes when we go to God, I mean, we need to go to him with reverence. That's not a question. But God has told us that because of the sacrifice of Christ, who is our high priest, we can go boldly, we can approach boldly the throne of God. This is approaching boldly the throne of God, and this was pre-Christ. We need to be honest with God. If you have questions, ask them. That doesn't mean that he has to answer you. But ask them. Get them out of your heart. Get them out of your mind. Psalmist is saying, God, 
Like, where are you? Like, wake up. They're wearing us out. And I wonder if the people of Ukraine may very well be praying a psalm like this right now, going, God, wake up, help. We've all been in places like that. We have all been through seasons of time where it was like, Woo-hoo. hey, God, do you see what's happening here? The bad guys are winning. Help! God wants us to go to him. He's not worried about crossing T's, dotting I's. He wants you to pour out your tears and to pour out your heart to him. But you do see that this is not only a crying out, but it is crying out specifically to God because it says, rise up, help us, ransom us because of your unfailing love. As I was reminded reading through Dr. Whitney's book, we can pray these Psalms. And so I pray this right now that God will rise up and God will help the people of Ukraine and that God will ransom them because of his unfailing love for them. And if you are in a situation where you are surrounded by darkness, I pray that God will rise up and he will help you, that he will ransom you because of his unfailing love for you. In Psalm 142, 1 through 7, we're going to read through the entire text and then I'm going to go back and pray through it. I'm going to pray for the people of Ukraine and I'm going to pray for each of you who are going through dark seasons in your life. Because I know that there are people on this podcast today who are in possibly the darkest season of their lives. And my prayer is that you will find God even in the darkness that you will see his light. Psalm 142, 1 through 7. I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set traps for me. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. Hear my cry, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so I can thank you. The godly will crowd around me, for you are good to me. What did you hear there? You're a lot of honesty. Like you heard a lot of honest emotion coming out. But you also heard that honest emotion mixed with, but God, I know you're there. God, I know you will intervene. That is lament. It is the blues mixed with praise. It may not be hands 
lifted high in praise, it may be hands just barely, barely reaching the shoulders. But how beautiful that broken praise must sound to your Father who knows. So as I pray, Psalm 142, for the people of Ukraine, as well as for each of you. May God do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. Dear God, as the people of Ukraine and those listening to this podcast who are in deep darkness at this very moment, as they cry out to you and they plead for your mercy, I pray that they would have the courage to pour out their hearts to you. I pray that they would truly tell you all of their troubles. And when they feel overwhelmed, I pray that you would remind them that you know exactly what they're going through and what direction they should turn. Dear God, it appears to them, especially the people of Ukraine, that wherever they go, their enemies have set traps for them. But that could be the same for the people at the other end of my voice right now. They may have enemies, such as King Saul was to David, who every direction they turn are out to get them. They may have a stalker. They may have a boss that has it in for them. Dear God, I pray that you would remind them that you see and you know and you are not asleep. Dear God, as they look for someone to come and help them, it may seem to them that nobody hears, that nobody is paying attention, but you are. Remind them of the truths truths in Psalm 139, that there is nowhere that they can go outside of your presence. I pray, dear God, that you would remind them that when they feel alone, that they are not alone. Dear God, I pray that as they feel no one will help them and that no one truly cares, that you will remind them that you care. You want them to cast all their anxieties on you because you truly do care for them. Dear God, I pray that in the midst of the darkness, that they would be able to say to you, even if it is only in a whisper, that they know that you are their place of refuge and that you really are all they want in life. And if not, I pray, dear God, that in the midst of the darkness, they would get to that place. That in the midst of the darkness, that any idols that they have been worshiping would fall away. And they would see that you are the only true God. The only one worthy of their trust and the only one worthy of their praise. I pray that you hear their cry as they don't have a lot of energy to cry out. They may be worn out. They may done as the psalmist says elsewhere, have like soaked their bed with tears. 
I pray that you would hear them. I pray that your Holy Spirit would intercede for them with groanings only he can utter about needs only he can know. I pray that you would rescue them from anybody who is trying to persecute them. I pray that you would rescue them from persecutors who appear to be so much bigger than they are. You just flash me, God, to the reminder of how the Canaanites were supposed to be as compared to the little grasshopper Israelites. And yet those little grasshopper Israelites, they were victorious because you plus them was a majority. I pray for the people of Ukraine. I pray for the people within the sound of my voice. I pray that they would be reminded that no matter how big the enemy may appear to be, they are no match for the all-powerful God. Their Father, I pray that you will bring each person within the sound of my voice as well as for the people of Ukraine out of what appears to be a prison for them. I pray that you would, when you do just that, I pray that they would thank you. I pray that others will be drawn to them because they will see what you have done. They will see the victory that you have provided. And I pray, dear God, that many across this world will turn to you as a result of the particular battle being faced by the Ukrainian believers as well as those in Ukraine who do not acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. And for each person within the sound of my voice, I pray, dear God, that they would be bright and shining lights pointing to Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As I said earlier, this particular study has changed me. It's changing how I pray. I think you can tell. But it's changing me. And I thank God for that. And I pray that it will change you. As you take the weekly assignment and really do it. You write a lament either on behalf of yourself or on behalf of someone else. Or even on behalf of a group of someone else's. Write one on behalf of the people of Ukraine. Write one on behalf of your church family because you are going through a difficult time right now. Or excuse me, write one on behalf of your family because you have experienced so much grief and loss. Write one from your heart. It doesn't have to be poetic. God does not care. Possibly ask him to pour one through you and then sit back and see what God can do. And then ask him for the courage to share it with someone else. Because these laments, there are some laments that only God is going to hear. But there are others like in the book of Psalms or David's funeral song for Saul and Jonathan. Look at the benefit that we are receiving from them. 
Look at the book of Lamentations <laughs> and how many people have had their lives transformed as a result of that lament. Think about how your lament and your trusting in God in the midst of the darkness might be an inspiration for others. You may not see it, but that's faith, isn't it? Where you're trusting what you cannot see, have the courage to trust that God can take even this, even this season of darkness, this season of darkness in the world, and use it to point others to himself. That is my greatest prayer when it comes to this Ukrainian-Russian conflict is that God will start a revival that will just catch fire. Wouldn't that be something? To see what Satan intended for evil. To be turned into the Great Awakening 2022. Oh, to God be the glory. Great things he will do. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, this podcast is free to listen to, and it's also free to share. Who do you have in your life that could benefit from especially today's podcast? Or any of the other titles. Because we kind of ebb and flow. Some of them are more upbeat. And some of them are more like this. Where they're they're treading that dark ground. But that's how life is. Some weeks we are on cloud nine. And we are ready to do battle. And, and sometimes we are worn teetotally out. By the storms of life. And we need a reminder that we're not the first one, nor will we, we be the last if the Lord tarries is coming to go through dark days. I would love for you to join our Facebook group, Encouraging Others in Loving Jesus. You can see the information in the show notes. If you can't see the show notes, you can go to my site on Podbean and you can see that information down below in the section where it says the hidden episodes. Uh, if you can see the show notes, then you can see it there. Uh, my site is still the same. My Podbean site is still the same as it was when this podcast launched as a country girl in the city world loving Jesus. So the, the link is HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash a country girl in a city world loving Jesus. No dashes, no anything else, just a phrase dot Podbean dot com and you can see the hidden episodes there because they're kind of missing from some of the platforms you can see it all there as well as all the show notes yeah thank you thank you so much for spending some time with me i thank you for sharing this i thank you for taking some time maybe to rate it on whichever podcast platform because it makes a world of difference in me trying to get god's word into more hands and as we close out Remember, it's always a trust and obey kind of day. <music>